Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the High Impact Podcast. Y'all know I just want to connect you to the super cool people in my life, and I really, really want to encourage you and even challenge you to take that next step for those of you who are entrepreneurs and free thinkers. So today we have Kaylee Dyer on the podcast. Kaylee, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. I'm so excited about this. Kaylee's one of my favorite humans in in life. Um, she's so inspirational with with your content, I guess you would say, and just your your aura and who you are and your presence. You're so inspirational, but you're really good at your craft. So Thank you so much for saying that. And I have to say, I feel the same way about you. You've been a huge inspiration for me. Oh, thank you. That makes my whole day. Actually, it makes my whole life. (laughs) So Kaylee, tell everybody what you do. Um, So I'm a hairdresser here in Knoxville. I've been doing hair for, I guess, about eight years now. Um, I love it. It fuels all of my passions in life. Um, Being creative. I have that outlet. Um, helping people, getting to make those strong connections. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love it. So, so we were talking before we jumped on this morning. I think I think you've been doing my Kaylee does my color, and I think you've been doing my color for four or five years. We were trying to kind of yeah, I go think back. it's been about four or five years, which seems crazy. It doesn't seem like it's been that long, it, but. I guess it, it has. doesn't, but when you look at the, like the course of my hair color, mm-hmm. it, it is quite the evolution. So it is, I love seeing, I have so many pictures of you just going through my Instagram of all the different colors and, and I love things it. that we've tried yeah. and you always get it right. Almost always, except for the fire truck red. <laughs> I will <laughs> say, your husband but I will say, yeah, that Stacy loved that one. So I got this wild hair that I wanted to go red. And anyway, so Kaylee got me red. It was just for my particular job. I didn't think it was as professional as my company would want. And now I work for myself. So I don't have to worry about any of that. <laughs> so that's great. But I've been with you. I've been when when I first met you, um, uh, it was because a red had gone severely wrong mm-hmm. at another place. Mm-hmm. And then so in order to get me where I needed to be, I was almost black. Yeah, we had to do, do you a remember lot of that? lightning. Yes, that was a big process. Woo! I felt but like Pocahontas. With my- I was excited to do it. I mean, that's being just a colorist. Sometimes it can get a bit dull if I'm just highlight after highlight. Mm-hmm. So having a challenge like that, someone who wants to make a big change or had a mishap like you and it needs corrected. Mm-hmm. I, I remember I knew Kaylee. Kaylee had worked at the salon <clears throat> that I was going to and it was actually, it was, you know, somebody that we both know. And I, I text Kaylee a picture and I, I was like, oh my goodness, this just doesn't feel red. And Kaylee said, you know, go stand in the sunlight and take a picture. And I did. And she was like, oh no, girl, that's not red. <laughs> nope. That's not red at all. So that's how I started going to Kaylee. I was going somewhere else and was happy up until then. But, um, I mean, Every, I feel like everything with you is spot on. And I know that's a lot to carry and a lot of pressure, but I mean, it's really, whether it's, I, I, I don't ever leave there with, with bad colors. So, well, that makes me happy to hear. And, and I, I would love to hear that from all of my clients, but 
you know, things happen in the hair world. Yep. I, I do feel like at this point in my career, it's a very rare occurrence for me. That's great. Um, in the last couple years of doing it, I've just really gained my confidence. And that's, I feel, I, I feel like that's the secret. It sauce. makes a huge difference. Yeah. So you carry yourself differently. I'm, I'm talking about all things business, like whether it's hair or whether it's real estate. Now that I know what I'm doing. My confidence is a little bit different. Right, it changes the game. It does. Completely. Well, tell me, tell me about. Um, okay, so you consider yourself a blonding specialist. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what does that mean exactly? I mean, I get that you do blondes, but what does that mean exactly? So I've just had a lot of training and concentration in the blonding process, which. I guess more accurately would be called the lifting of hair, uh, bleaching, lightening process. The end result is not always blonde or platinum blonde. But like with you, when your hair was too dark, um, I'm just so familiar with that whole process, partly because I've been doing it to my own hair since I was in middle school. And also a lot of the classes that I've taken have been color focused. Yeah. Um, so that's just my strong point with, um, hair color is the lightning and the blonding color corrections. And I feel like there's so much you can do adding some lightness to your hair. Mm -hmm. Again, it doesn't have to be blonde, but just adding the dimension. So with the lightning, would that be those funky, the wild colors that you're able to do? Because Do you have to lighten it to do those? Yes, you do have to pre-lighten it to do that. And and I do that occasionally with the fun um, yeah. kind of special effects hair colors. Mm-hmm. It's not my personal favorite. There are, I have coworkers that are much better at the rainbow hair than I am. But I have a couple clients that, is that I do that for. Is that harder? to? I would feel like... It's more time consuming, okay. Um, more expensive, and does not last as long. Those special effects colors, maybe yeah. two to four weeks. That's crazy. It's very crazy. And so the majority of my clients that I have built up over the years are, um, you know, they want their hair color to last. They yeah. want to just kind of enhance what they've already got going on. So, I mean, who's got the time to come in every two weeks? It's a lot. Yeah. And, and some people do, you know, and props to them for being able to do it. I couldn't do it. Um, but yeah, the rainbow hair is a lot of maintenance. I can imagine. And I like it on other people. That's one thing I probably, even though I can shift a little bit, I would consider myself somewhat mildly adventurous. Have you ever done a special effects hair color? No, but the red that you did for me, that was my calling card back in my early twenties. It was that red and it was this long. Yeah. So that was, but no, not, not what you see today. See, I feel like the only thing I haven't done with you yet is blonde. I know. Like full blonde. I know. But you know, I was blonde forever. And I've seen pictures. <laughs> forever. And I look back at myself and I'm like, what were you thinking? Because the brunette, I loved my uh-huh. brunette. And then I felt like the red was the mothership, you know, kind of calling me home. And now that we're back more on the brunette side, I just can't imagine. I, I cannot ever imagine being blonde again. Me personally, just can't. Looks great on everybody else. Yeah, just but not your thing. Nope, not That's anymore. I love okay. it. Talk to me. Let's go way back. So I've had friends in cosmetology school, and it is very hard from what I understand, the chemistry, the biology, and things like that. So one is, did you know how hard it was going to be when you when you went? And two, what in, on earth made you think about cosmetology school? What made you want to do hair? So to be completely honest, I had reached a point in my life where I had had so many office jobs 
um, where I was told to cover up my tattoos, you know, wear slacks, you know, to work every day. Uh. Very um, just conservative office jobs. And I really wanted to do something to fuel my creative side. And I had so many friends growing up my whole life that would tell me, you should be a hairdresser. You would be such a good hairdresser. You should go to beauty school. And back in the day, I totally would run down to the Walgreens on the strip when I was oh, living on yeah. campus. <laughs> and we'd all, you know, pick out a box color and I'd put it on everybody's hair. Um, it was fun. Some of them turned out okay and some of them <laughs> turned out really Sorry dark. about y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. Um, so I started kind of looking into it, did a tour at Tennessee School of Beauty and just felt like that was what I needed to do at that time. I had really zero experience with hair, um, mm-hmm. but I had the passion for it, which I think made all the difference for me. Um, and I did not know that I was going to have to memorize oh. every bone in the human body and a lot of, yeah, science, um, biology. It's hard. And chemicals follicles my girlfriend showed me one of her textbooks this was way back in the day when she decided to go to cosmetology school and it was the hair follicle and the the different the parts, parts of it and the scalp and all it the was parts of the hair strand yeah there's and I, a lot i feel like people like don't think they don't maybe don't appreciate what it took to get there it's not for everybody and not everybody could do that that's a lot of like science and books and it's true out of my graduating class of I think there was about 20 maybe 25 of us in my beauty school class that started together I think there's two of us oh that my still do gosh hair. yeah so you do have to have the drive and the passion um and not just the idea of this is going to be fun. You still totally have to work for it to be a successful hairdresser. Yeah. And there's so much I want to un- unpack here. Tell me though, when somebody says, cause, cause I got people in my life that, that are diehard box colorists. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me what you really think when somebody is like, Oh, I just went to Walmart and got a, a box color. What do you think? You know, to me, Unless they're my client, it's not really my problem. I maybe back when I was a, a newer hairdresser, would you roll your eyes in that and like, start an <laughs> argument and tell them all the reasons why it's terrible for their hair? But I think the biggest thing is that when you want to change that, or when you do have an accident at mm. home, the cost that you're going to pay to fix that, to correct that, to change it, because box color is similar to carpet dye, is what I have always been taught. The developer that they use opens the cuticle, blasts it open, is so harsh. And so that's why a lot of times you get just super dark, muddy looks from box color. It doesn't look like what's on the picture. And on top of that, most people doing that are not a professional, so they don't understand that you also have to look at what's already on the hair. You can't just slap it on everything and it's going to look exactly so. Um, So in my opinion, and, and I feel this way about everything, like trusting a professional, whether it is, you know, I know nothing about buying a home, you know, I would never just like start that venture on my own. Um, 
you know, and even with like nutrition and things like that. I follow people that know more than me that I trust. And I feel like I've um, given my clients that, you know, that they can trust me. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about clients. Mm -hmm. So how do you acquire new ones? How do you um, hang on to the ones you've got? Because that's cheaper um, statistically than acquiring a new one. So what do you do for your, like, to reach new people or, you know, are you advertising? Are you word of mouth? How do you get new clients and then how do you keep them? So that has kind of morphed for me from when I was brand, brand new at doing hair and had, you know, two clients. It was a lot of work for me and I would put a lot of my own time and money into, I would print out on cardstock pictures of my hair and go to community boards at coffee houses or bookshops and, you know, put $20 off new clients, you know, to get people. I would walk around Market Square and approach strangers and hand out business cards. I like that. Well, I have since learned that targeting your audience works a lot better than just throwing a net and hoping to catch anything. Yeah. Um, because like you said, like the repeat clients is what makes me successful and word of mouth from them is definitely my biggest help in getting my name out there. Um, I have really focused on my Instagram. I have now taken and also taught several social media classes, so cool. Instagram specifically about targeting the type of clients I want. Um, that would be a good fit with me. Um, because isn't that important? So important. Even for me, I feel yeah, like that's really on important. both ways. If me and, and a person who sits in my chair don't vibe, they're not going to have a good time. I'm not going to have a good time. And they're not, they're not going to refer to you. They're not going to come back. They're going to do what I do to their hair. That's right. Yeah. I totally get that. So I do still do some Instagram targeted ads or interactions that way. I would say currently that's my number one biggest, biggest tool for, for getting new clients. So if someone out there is listening and they maybe, so a lot of folks, I know my age group, they are Facebook and they, they feel like that's more of their fit. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love, I love Instagram and I, I don't know how to use it probably to the fullest as far as marketing goes. Can you give, Everybody out there and myself, one or two tips on a couple of things to help with when it's when it comes to promoting your business on sure, Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the most helpful thing, whether you are a hairdresser or you're looking for clients in real estate, you're in a band and you want people to listen to you, anything that you're doing, make a list. Actually sit down and spend some time and write out what your ideal client, follower, anything like that would be like. Um, for me, like, what is their hair like? How much money do they make? How much time and money are they going to want to spend on their service with me? Um, where do they hang out? Where do they shop? Where do they get coffee? So for me, thinking about like these downtown coffee shops, mm-hmm. um, Urban Outfitters is one. So I will then go to the Instagram pages of where I think my ideal clients would be following. And I will go through and follow sometimes like a hundred at a time, just 
Um, of the people that have commented on their stuff? Not commented, or, but just are following. Or, okay, so, okay. So, uh, like, Urban Outfitters is one. Because, okay. Because, you know, it's a local shop. Mm-hmm. They're most likely going to be in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. They have a similar style vibe as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, ha- make decent money if they can shop there. Yep. Um, probably care about, you know, fashion and appearance and... Um, so I will just kind of first glance, I don't spend a lot of time. I'll go through and follow as many as I see on there until I get tired of scrolling. And then Instagram's algorithm will, the newest people that you follow, that stuff is going to pop up on your feed. You're going to see their posts, their stories. So I make it a point to go and comment, like interact with all of my newest followers. Um, Mainly because if they get a notification that who is this girl that liked a bunch of my photos in a row, they're at least going to click on my profile. Yeah. And so smart. Yes. And I have put time into getting my profile laid out to where you can book online. It's all a lookbook. It's not a lot of personal stuff. Um, And maybe I'll get a follow back or maybe I'll get an appointment from that. But the majority of new clients I have these days will come in and sit in my chair and say, how did you, you know, hear about culture hair studio? And they're like, well, I found you on Instagram. That's and crazy. Then more specifically when they tell me they found me on Instagram, I'm like, you know, <laughs> it makes me feel good. That is so, so cool. So let me ask you this. How much time are you spending? Because I know from my social, like I actually time block for social media. How much time are you spending on social media a day or a week to do those things? So starting out when I had a lot more time, I would spend probably one plus hours per week. Currently, I'm personally so crazy busy right now. I don't think that I have that much time to do it. Um, But I would still say there's at least 30 minutes on my Instagram, not necessarily targeting new clients, but just keeping it fresh and new and updated. I love it. And culture, if you've never been, so Kaylee's at Culture Hair Studio. If you've never been, their vibe is, it is really cool. It's so laid back. Mm-hmm. It is, everybody's approachable. Um, it's just. Downtown chill, yeah. plants. You know, we yeah. we are, we, you could call us an eco salon, yep. sustainable. And I love that. We've had mm-hmm. discussions about eco stuff before. Yeah. And you don't realize I didn't realize what an impact all this hair shit what like all that it has on the environment can you talk to us just a tiny bit about um why that matters yeah it's crazy so for me I started caring about sustainability in my career just over the years of working with different sustainable brands that kind of taught me the massive impact that beauty industry waste has on waterways, ecosystems, every drop of color that we wash down the drain, every foil or piece of human hair that isn't disposed of properly. And so having a salon that does practice um, more, more sustainable ways of using things actually makes a huge difference. And we got records of our how much waste we deterred from the waterway, Mm -hmm. um, which was a really cool thing. So I think for me, feeling like I can make a difference in that way, um, 
no matter how small, it, it really adds up. And That's also so cool. being an example for other salons around the area and showing like, hey, being eco-friendly is not that hard. You don't have yeah. to completely redo your salon or put a bunch of money but, you know, recycle your plastic. And there are companies that will come and take the foils and the color and the hair and dispose of it or find a way Who to reuse knew? it. I know. And you wouldn't know that until you're actually, you know, in it. And that's kind of what happened for me. And now I could never work in a salon that didn't have those practices. And plus, you've got people, you've got a captive audience in your chair. Mm -hmm. So being able to, even if it's just one at a time, being able to talk to somebody about that. Um, it, it's just, and I've been on this little kick lately of trying to reduce what I'm using. Mm -hmm. Um, so for example, I've given up paper towels altogether and, and it has made the biggest, I mean, I'm not spending as much money on paper towels. I know that the environment's in better shape, um, in some tiny portion because of me, but you, you know, you've got these people sitting in your chair. I mean, who knew that, like, human hair would have an impact? Who knew? Right. And you wouldn't know unless you cared enough to look for it. And we do have people come to our salon specifically mm -hmm. because they care enough to look for uh, a hair salon, and, and their dollar is going to support that. Absolutely. They don't have to actually go in there and, you know, we'll take your plastic and recycle it and put your hair where it goes. Yeah. But just, you know, voting with your dollar for a, any company that practices those ways is great. It's huge. Mm -hmm. So tell me how COVID affected the hair business and you and culture. It was insane. You know, when it first started, I kept hearing two weeks, two weeks. So when the salon shut down, that's what I thought was eh, two week break. You know, it'll be nice. It's yeah. fun. Everything's fun. And then I guess seven, eight weeks later, mm -hmm. um, I was going stir crazy. My clients were freaking out. I had people bribing me <laughs> to come to their office. People were offering me Dollywood passes, um, offering to pay me double. But I didn't bring anything with me because I did not think it was going to yeah. be that long. Um, so when we came back, when salons in Knox County did finally open back up, it was a massive rush of people. No one had had their hair done for two months. Oh, Lord. And people whose appointments were scheduled. Oh, my you know, God. They had to wait as well. So it was crazy. And then it got really slow. I think people were still kind of deciding what they felt safe doing. Everything was still kind of unknown Ooh. and up in the air. I was scared. Yeah. You know, I would be like holding my breath sometimes if a client coughed while yeah. I was doing their hair. Um, so it was a wild ride and we had to be super strict because as I'm sure, you know, everyone has very strong opinions yep. about COVID one way or the other, it's either this or yep. it's that for them. And if they don't agree with you, you know, they're going to tell you. And so as far as wearing the masks and taking the temperatures and all the sanitizing that we were doing at the shop for the most part, everyone was pretty cool about it. But occasionally we would have someone who just did not want to wear a mask or wanted to voice their opinion about how, of course, you know, we were crazy for doing what we were doing. But at this point, it is finally, I feel like getting back to normal, a lot busier with clients. We are still practicing. We're, we still have the masks on. Mm -hmm. 
Um, we're, we're still doing lots of sanitizing. We have had to switch some of our practices, like you were saying with the paper towels. Um, we have started using paper towels just temporarily because it's just more sanitary. Yeah. Touching the rags. Um, but I think that probably near the end of summer, I think we'll probably some phase some of that back out, at least with the masks and the temperature taking and things like that. Um, but I, it's been a crazy time for everyone. But as a hairdresser, I think, too, it's such a topic of conversation. You know, I have five, six clients a day and every one of them wants to talk about COVID, vaccine, mask mandate, everything else. So that's a beat down. Personally, I have just, you know, I have to basically keep my opinions to myself. Same. And yeah, you can't, you know, argue with someone. I'm not. And it's not worth it's not worth it's losing totally a client or pissing it. somebody off or starting something. Mm-hmm. It's just not worth it. It's true. So tell me, you are such a creative type person. I've seen you over the years with your, like, you just, you really do inspire. I am not a creative at all. So when I watch somebody else, it's just like, oh, that is so, it, it's almost like an enlightenment in my uh-huh. my little tiny brain. But you, do you still paint? What are you into personally? Okay, so I'll tell you, my most recent crea- creative outlet has been cooking, I have, I'm so good at it now. I have to say after like three or four years of dry, unflavorful meat that me and my son have suffered through, I'm finally <laughs> to the point that I would rather make something than go get it myself. Yes. And instead of following a recipe now, it's almost like a internal, like an instinct flavors go together. Oh, I just happen to have this can of coconut milk. How can I incorporate that? And it's so much fun. Where did that come from? So that started from, I guess, about five years ago, I started a health journey. Mm -hmm. And I really knew that I was going to have to start cooking and making food myself because it's so hard to find good options Mm -hmm. that are just pre-made. So read a lot of books, listened to a lot of podcasts, followed a lot of social media inspiration, and just kind of threw myself into it started trying that is so cool Mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun and tell me about the mushrooms i i just i'm fascinated okay tell me are you you're still into mushrooms right every time i'm even outside i can't help but be looking for them okay so so tell me how did how in the world did that start and i'm sure you're incorporating some of that into your cooking Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I have mushrooms in my fridge at any given moment or mushroom powder or something. It's I, crazy. I have it all tinctures. The healing benefits of mushrooms are wild. Tell me about those. What are, what are the healing benefits? I have no idea. I've seen about the mushroom powder, mm-hmm. but I don't know what it does. Well, so you can take different types, different species of mushrooms. Like Lion's mane is one that is, um, it's an anti-inflammatory, it's high in antioxidants, it has um, anti, it's it's a, a anti-cancer, um, it's wow. got some properties of that in it, and you can make it into a powder and just kind of throw it into a smoothie, or, you know, hmm. probably a smoothie. You can cook yeah. with it, you can put it in a sauce, something like that. So that's a great way for me to sneak veggies absolutely in for my son and for myself i like really nutrient dense meals anyway but the mushroom fascination started because 
one of my friends kind of showed me the world of this. Like, hey, have you ever noticed all these mushrooms when you go for a hike? And it's like once you notice it, you can't unnotice it. So do you know which ones are okay to eat and which ones are not? So not all of them. I I have at least three that I can recognize and know 100% this is what it is. And it's safe. I know this is safe. Mm Mm-hmm. If I even questioned it a little bit, I would never. Okay. I have several um, mushroom identification apps. Oh, my God. So it's fun to just, if I see one that I know what it is and it's edible, definitely going to get it and cook it. But it's fun to um, find, you know, ones that just look crazy. I found a blue one last summer, a blue mushroom in Hall Ridge, in Oak Ridge. It was insane. It was called an indigo milk cap. I had never seen it before. And it's safe to eat? It is edible, but it's not choice, oh, which okay. means like if you were in the woods starving and you Doesn't needed taste something good. to eat, you could eat it, but it's not one of the better ones okay. to eat. But I will go and, and get like a mesh bag and just every mushroom I see, you know, collect it and then go home and try to identify them. And use my books. Um, you can make spore prints and see. Oh my! Put a cup over them and see what color the spores are. That's just one way to identify. I don't think I've ever seen a mushroom out other than just the little ones in my yard. I well, just, I mean, even the little ones in your yard, like, can I eat those? Them. Probably not, but I don't know. <laughs> y'all, y'all, there may not be another podcast because I'm gonna go find some mushrooms. You have apps to yeah, identify mushrooms. There, there are mushroom identification apps. That's crazy. And. Again, I would never trust, if I was unsure, I would never trust just the app. I would have to double check that with my field guide, triple check that with, I'm part of a mushroom identification group on Facebook, maybe get some opinions from there. And like I said, unless I was 100% sure, I would never eat it. That is so wild to me. And I love mushrooms. Yeah, it's so much fun. Uh, If I find some, I'm going to bring you guys some. Yeah, I would definitely. There's some crazy orange ones called chanterelles that grow in the summer. I'll have to bring you some. And where do you find those? Well, I have a honey hole, but I can't tell you because I don't want other people. Don't. You can tell me, just don't tell everybody. (laughs) You've talked to me before about, you go to the Smokies, right? Yeah. And and you find some there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, everywhere. Um, Iams Nature Center, um, Hall Ridge is my personal yeah. favorite out off Edgemore Road. It's just close to my house, and there's a ton of mushrooms out there. The Smokies. Mm. I'm going to need to do that. Yeah, it's really fun. I mean, anytime you're on a hike, just. Well, I'm never hiking, so that's probably why I don't <laughs> find the mushrooms. We'll Maybe I hike. should go for a hike. It's really nice. That is so cool. Anything else? I know you did, for a while you did the. The paint with the glass? Yeah, the acrylic thing. pouring. Yeah. I. It's been probably last summer since I did that. I really need to um, re-up on my supplies for all of that. Okay. And all of my paint and stuff is dwindling down. But that's just a super fun, creative wow. thing. And I've done that enough now that I almost feel like I can control it. I can get the effect that I want. I've learned some new techniques with that. So... More than anything now, I will still do those occasionally for mm-hmm. myself, but that's something I really love sharing with friends and even my son and his oh. friends because it's just easy and fun and so cool. It's really relaxing to it, watch. It is. It's like a form of meditation yeah. to do that. You that's, just kind of 
zone in on that painting and, and seeing it happen. It's a really cool little escape in my backyard to do those paintings. Tell me, um, your, do you have favorite, you mentioned podcasts. <clears throat> We've talked about apps. Do you have favorite for business? Do you have favorite podcasts or apps that you're kind of into right now other than the mushroom? Ooh, I don't know. I think a lot of my podcast and, um, even apps that would be more like personal use mm -hmm. than for business. Do you have a favorite personal podcast? Um, ooh, that's a tough one to you. Um, I so I really love Dr. Mark Hyman. He does the pharmacy, um, spelled F A R M A C Y. So he's a functional medicine doctor okay. and so amazing listening to him. If you just listen to a few of his that's podcasts, so cool. it will change your game with the way you eat, the way you look at food. Um, so I love, and that one's podcast. what again? The, the, pharmacy, the pharmacy, Dr. Mark Hyman. Okay. Um, Let's see. Uh, Mark Gross does a podcast called Create the Love, which is relationship-based, but more than just, uh, like, relationship with yourself. Yeah. Um, he puts into words a lot of feelings that I have that mm -hmm. I don't know how to put into words. Um, so I love listening to him. That's cool. Yeah, those are probably my two most listened to. I'm always up for a new podcast, and I'm constantly, <clears throat> like, shuffling. You know, this one was my favorite last week, but mm -hmm. it's not really – I haven't listened to it in a, in a little bit, so I'm going to – I'm constantly moving my podcasts around so that my favorites are at the top. And See, I do that with music. Oh, yeah. I'm like, my vibe of music will change from on a daily basis. Mine, yeah, I'm one-track Willie with music. Yeah. It's pretty much the same. Yeah. Tell me what, is there anything exciting coming up for you this summer or for the hair studio? Anything, any events? I know, um, I know we're just kind of coming out of the COVID yeah, stuff. But. So, well, uh, one thing I'm excited about, uh, June 4th through the 7th, that weekend, Dolly Fest is happening downtown, oh. which this is the first time that it's happening, but I think it's going to be fantastic. It's for that weekend only, and we are still deciding what we're going to do. We will be doing something. That's cool. I'm not sure totally what we'll be doing, but lots of the businesses on Gay Street are going to be participating. So it's all Dolly Parton? It's all Dolly Parton. There's going to be... Um, drag queens down there, How I'm fun. sure. Yeah. Like all kinds of just dolly. Can you lovers. tease your hair up for us? So I was thinking just do about it. it. I have a dolly shirt and I was like, I should totally have the biggest hair I'll, possible. I would love to see that. Fest. I would, I would come just to see that. Yeah. It would be super uh, fun. I don't know if there's a hairspray that stout for me, but um, yeah, I would uh, love to see that. There's definitely hairsprays that are stout. <laughs> um, Aquanet. Yes. Yes. Walgreens. And I, I just want to go back to the COVID discussion. Kaylee was amazing. She was talking about all those folks who, you know, for those seven or eight weeks didn't have their color and were just, mm -hmm. I was one of them. I was like, um, so these roots are, you know, what am I going to do? And I will say, I know, I know. You know, drugstore stuff can be taboo mm -hmm. in your world. But Kaylee talked to me about a root spray. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say for you girls out there and guys who can't get your roots done in a pinch, that was a lifesaver for me. Yeah, it's and it's 
washes right out of your hair. It's basically liquid eyeshadow. Yeah, man. It's so... I got the aerosol one. Mm-hmm. I know they make powder mm-hmm. ones, which looking back, if I'd had the wherewithal, I might would have ordered that because I think they're, they usually come with a big fat uh, flat brush and you can just dab them right into your, you know, your part or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're in even more of a pinch, dark brown eyeshadow Uh-oh. can work. Put a little hairspray on top of that. I've, oh, that's I've a good idea. That before, yeah. That's a great idea. It's not as strong, but it works if you need it. I love it. Mm-hmm. She's full of wisdom. She's full of great ideas. Kaylee, tell everybody how we can find you, um, especially if we want to book an appointment or how yeah. do we get to you? So check me out on Instagram, Kaylee Dyer. My um, username is KBBaby, K-A-Y-B-I-E-B-A-B-Y, all one word. And there are links to book online with me, all of my work, lots of hair color on there, and a little bit about me. i sneak some stuff about myself on there it. at a social media after all so it is social. Get an occasional selfie or something on there i really expect to see the dolly parton selfie though <laughs> I'm, I'm probably going to be living for that as a matter of fact i'll put it in my little calendar and then i'll just make sure to get there make I sure kaylee see did dolly there. i want to see big hair <laughs> kaylee thank you so much for being here thank you for all you do for our community thank you for being a great friend for me you just mean so much to me and um i just thank you so much for being here well thank you hillary absolutely it was a great time Anytime. thank you kaylee you guys stay tuned next week we're going to have another great episode make sure to like and subscribe comment if you have questions for kaylee drop them below or reach her on her instagram and uh, we'll be back at you next week with another podcast thank you guys